Welcome to Chuck and Anthony Ragnatok, the prestige format podcast about the greatest movie in the MCU, Thor Ragnarok. I'm Anthony Carboni, sitting across the internet from Chuck Wendig. Chuck, it's Hello. Heirloom Apple season. You must. It is. Your- it's, it's the end. It's the end of Heirloom Apple season. <laughs> the bittersweet end. Yeah. Well, but just only sweet. It's just sweet. That's the beauty of the heirloom apple. Yeah, it is. The, uh, guys, I don't know what you know Chuck Wendig for, but you should mostly just know him for heirloom apple Twitter. That's what I hope. I hope, like, on my gravestone. I hope they plant an apple tree <laughs> on my grave. They better. I like, after of, all I this, they better. become part of the tree. They better. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, it seems like such an e- Maybe it seems, like, almost too easy. Yeah. I've never planned I've never planned somebody's uh, somebody's burial but I will say this, like, <laughs> I know that when you're like, when I'm working on something, uh, you often go like, mm, that's just, that seems like the easy answer. It's on you know? the nose, a little on the nose. A little sure. on the nose. And so <laughs> yeah. like maybe burying you under an apple tree, somebody's going to look and go, I don't know. Like, is it, is it too obvious? Right. Is it too obvious? And then we'll just throw you into the sea. Yeah. That's my plan with, with, for you. With a, with a bucket of apples. <laughs> uh, Chuck, we are. A yeah. prestige format podcast about Thor Ragnarok and only, only Thor Ragnarok. Only. Uh, we never speak about anything else. No. And and no. I was thinking, and we never have guests. It's we, just you and me. It's never just have guests. You and me. And I was thinking about that, and I was listening yeah. to some other prestige format podcasts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, Mark Marin, the inventor of the podcast. He did, and he just he created them. He created them. podcasts. Uh, he has guests on all the time. What? Yeah, every what? week. Literally, it's apparently his whole thing. Well, we fucked up. We fucked up big. Uh, and so I was like, well, we got to get a guest. And, we you know. Did. Yeah, I hope you did that. Did you get us a guest? I did get us a guest. I got uh, us Barack Obama. What? That's what? right. We're starting off with the greatest guest. The biggest. That uh, WTF ever had. And we're we had, just going to go up what? from there. We had to catch up. So it makes sense that it's like the best. Yeah. Uh, I just so, want to say, uh, Chuck, Anthony, thank you so much for having me. Uh, oh. Absolute pleasure. I love Thor Ragnarok. Great film, but I have to disagree. Best film is Black Panther. Possibly <gasps> second, Winter Soldier. But Thor Ragnarok, oh. great film. Great film. Wow. Okay, Barack. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. That's presidential Looking, authority. Yeah. I mean, if the presidential seal is on Black Panther, then I guess. Uh, that makes sense. Well, thank you for stopping by and letting us know that, Barack Obama. Well, gotta go. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> he has very limited time. Yeah, he jetpacks away so yeah. fast. <laughs> Every president gets a jetpack when they, they leave do. office, Secret which makes Service me jetpack. terrified. Yeah. Terrified for two Carter. years from now. Carter is just oh god, or six, oh, don't even or six years six, from now. Don't even or <laughs> maybe 20, fifty, 20, maybe, maybe fifty years from now. Oh, this is what fun. do you want? Do you want him to have a jetpack or do you want him to be in office forever? Yeah, give him that's a your choice. Now, give him a jetpack now. Uh, well, knowing that Barack had to leave so quickly, I yeah. did. I did book us a second guest, equally oh, good. I would thank say. God. Good, good, good. Uh, you know him from the Alpha Comic Book Club. You know him from DC Daily. He is Hector Navarro. Hello, Hector. Thanks for letting me do maybe the worst Barack Obama impression (laughs) ever heard. I'm going to tell you what, if you had not given it away, (laughs) I think people would have been like, do you remember when Ragnatok had Barack Obama on? (laughs) I know. That was fucking crazy. Honestly, you shouldn't have said anything. You should have just been like, oh, I just passed (gasps) Obama on his jetpack. This isn't a video podcast. People are, yeah, Yeah. it's not a video podcast. People would have been like, damn. Do you remember when that guy who wrote all those books about bird crimes got Barack Obama on his podcast? I just tweeted about it and Barack Obama appeared. That's it. That's all you have to do. 
That's when you've written when you've written a couple Star Wars novels, you get the yep. you get Barack's number. Mm-hmm. That's right. Big nerd that guy. Episode seven. We are starting. Uh, we're starting an hour in yep. to Thor Ragnarok. This starts with a really lovely conversation between Hela and Scourge. <laughs> yeah, where it makes it very clear that Hela gives literally no shit about Scourge. Mm-hmm. Just nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It start. It's a job interview conversation. Not even a job interview. It feels like she's interviewing Scourge for an internship. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. It it starts with where do you see yourself in five years? Like, what is your plan? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I love that uh exchange. First of all, Kate Blanchett's Hella, like every time I watch Thor Ragnarok, I forget how goddamn good she is in this movie. Uh, oh yeah. She so good. is incredible. She is one of the most talented actors, and she has so much fun in this role. And this character is so fun and cool and as we kind of learn in this scene is it is it in this scene where where we get the uh no i think it happened earlier in the film where we get her backstory where she we like just the, saw we it. just saw that yeah so that stuff is like it took me a, a, a viewing or two before somebody explained to me and then i was like oh my god of course thor ragnarok is about the um the ramifications of imperialism of colonial imperialism of yep. imperialism that's, that's right. what this movie is about and i was like and covering shit. it up and paving yeah, it over. Yeah. It's the funniest and like has some really deep stuff that you don't, that could only come from Taika. Yes. It could only come from that perspective, the same stuff he's explored in, in his other films. So to have Hela like be the character that kind of represents that. And she has a personal backstory where she feels slighted by her family and she hates her dad and she hates her brother. And she's, and she's, and then when she says like, I thought you'd be happy to see me. Like, yes. it's genuine. And you're like, she's so messed up, but she has a, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's as understandable as, as like a Killmonger backstory where you're like, I get it, dude. I disagree with how you're going about it, yeah. but you're kind of right. But yeah. Hela has some of that. And it's such a great, she's such an incredible villain. She's gorgeous beyond any human's <laughs> ever been. Yeah. Like yeah. her, 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 just her swagger. It's so goddamn sexy. It's so great. She's and like, then this exchange with Scourge is the, it's so funny. She is sitting on this throne and just sitting in the throne, her physicality in the character yep. is like the bored bossness of this whole thing where it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to lead you to water, horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me stop you right there because like, my father <laughs> yeah. was a stonemason. It's like, let me stop I you know. right there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. and then her little bit about the executioner, like, well, the executioner helps execute a vision, which is not true. That's no. literally not true at all. And then she immediately owns that it's mostly just to kill people. It's mostly, yeah. Execute, yeah. It's mostly people. Uh, I uh, should, we should note uh, as a comics note for people who aren't aware, Scourge's name in the comics is the executioner. Yeah. He is Scourge yeah. the executioner. He first appeared in Journey into Mystery 103 in April 1964. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one of three Marvel characters to have had the name executioner. And uh, uh, of course, there is one Marvel character who sort of had who had the name Executioner. They just throw they throw <laughs> yeah. vowels away sometimes. The nineties, the nineties. Yeah, get some hyphens in there. Uh-huh. Were you a were you a, a an ex were either of you an X Men fan during that Executioner thing? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember. I like how you both say it with like a little bit of resigned like disappointment <laughs> yeah. in yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Like I read X Men comics and all I got was this lousy T shirt, kind of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's in the nineties. Yeah. yeah, I remember every time. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, Chuck. But every time I try to dip into X Men comics, I just yeah. immediately come right back up for air. I'm just like, yeah. nope. 
<laughs> I yeah, I did it because I had friends who were really into it, and if you wanted to talk to them, you needed to get involved. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I read them. Yeah, we didn't have like a like a comic scene in my in my town growing up as much as we had like some dudes who liked X Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I didn't really have like friends who did the comics thing as a kid because of that. Cause I was just like, I don't understand why <laughs> any of this is happening. Uh, no. In this sort of, in this movie, uh, we are, we've been talking a lot about how we want Hela to take the place of actual literal death in the Marvel comics. Sure. Like we really wanted her to be kind of Thanos's Thanos's uh, main squeeze, yeah, but she's yeah. really in this, in this scene, you see how she's actually taking the place of a Marvel character called the Enchantress. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Scourge is very... Scourge, often in the Marvel comics, is portrayed as wanting to do good. He actually does help delay Ragnarok in the Marvel comics, but mm-hmm. uh, he is very often in the thrall or just being tricked by the Enchantress. So this is a very He's a Scourge... He's a sucker. He yeah. is, a sucker. is a sucker. Yeah. yeah. That poor sucker. Did, um, did we mention, Chuck, that somebody pointed out why his, why his guns are called Des and Troy, and you and I just did not pick up on it? No, what? I mean, outside of destroy, but he covers that part. What is there another reason? Did you know this? I'm about to learn it. Okay, Uh, somebody actually tweeted at us, and I apologize for not having that person's name in front of me uh, to say that. Hey, if you're from Texas, where Scourge apparently got all his stuff, Texas, yeah, Texas. uh, It's named after Troy Aikman and Des something or other Dallas Cowboys. Oh, sure. Oh. It has Whoa. a Texas thing going. I mean, I hate to burst that person's bubble, but I feel like that's going to be a coincidence. I feel like the joke from New Zealand filmmaker Taika Waititi <laughs> is that you put them together and you get destroyed. Sorry, sorry, Cowboys fans. Sorry, you know guys. what? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say it was it was purposeful because it's the most best movie ever made. It's the best movie ever <laughs> so made. So obviously, it's layers upon. It's an onion of it's delight. True. Where, An heirloom we, apple. We, I didn't. I didn't ask this. I, I didn't know if I wanted to ask this up top because obviously we asked Barack Obama and we didn't want to repeat yeah. interview questions right. very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, did do you share Barack Obama's opinions on where Thor Ragnarok goes in the Marvel <gasps> Universe canon? Mm-hmm. This right off the bat. Do you agree yeah. with Obama's policies <laughs> on the Marvel Cinematic Universe? <laughs> right off the We're bat. We're getting political. Here's uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is hands down, without question, my favorite movie franchise ever. And it became my favorite movie franchise probably when Captain America, the first Avenger was released. Okay. And then with the Avengers, I was like solidified. I'm like, oh, for sure. This is my favorite. However, whether this fails or succeeds, this audacious experiment is the closest I've gotten to my love of comics I've had since I was five that we've been waiting to see special effects wise and crossover wise, the potential in movies. So it's my favorite franchise ever. What I love about this franchise is I genuinely believe when you guys say it's the best movie in the MCU, I genuinely believe you can absolutely make a case for that. And, and you can make an argument for that. When people go, no, it's, it's infinity war. I'm like, yeah, you can make a case for that. When people go, it's the first Iron Man. They haven't been able to top that great John Favreau, like mm-hmm. kind of semi-improvised. I'm like, you can make a case for that. When people say guardians, the first guardians of the galaxy, you can make a case for that. There is in black Panther, especially when people go, Black Panther is the best MCU movie, maybe the best superhero movie. It touches on themes that have never been explored in a movie like this with this budget, with this visibility. I go, you can make a case for that. There's, yeah. a, there's a good like five or six or seven of these movies, like the top half that are, so, you know, you can move around depending on how you're feeling. People go, no, Winter Soldier is the best. I'm like, yeah, you can make a case for that. But each of those movies can then be taken down by other 
dumb arguments like, well, is Winter Soldier the most comic booky? No. Well, is, you know, is Black Panther the most, you know, fun and funny? No, it's not. You know, you can do that and kind of tear them down in a way, but just to shuffle them around. So even like Spider-Man Homecoming, there'll be, there'll be times I watch Spider-Man Homecoming be, and because Spider-Man is my favorite fictional character of all time, I get these moments where I go, God damn, they nailed it. This yeah. is my favorite MCU entry. And then again, I go and watch the Ragnarok and I go, no man, people are sleeping on this. This is, uh, this is, <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is doing yeah. stuff none of these other movies are attempting and is not, and, and they're able to succeed. So my order right now because I'm selfish, I'm going to go with Infinity War. Mm. Just because I, mm. I'm, I'm, I, I'm spoiled and I get all my characters in that movie. Do I think yeah. it's the best standalone movie? Absolutely not. Yeah. But, but, to, but when I think about Infinity War, I think, man, they did a movie that is number 19 in a, in a series where I'm like, you could kind of argue that each one of those movies, good or bad, is paying off in this one, two and a half hour, yeah. like, you know, where, where we still get the most time with Thanos. They make me, this is why I love Infinity War. The weekend after Infinity War came out, my father texted me and he goes, did Thanos, did Thanos really do that stuff? Is it real? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And then he texted me, fuck Thanos. And I was like, yeah. this is the fuck greatest Thanos. movie because yeah. my dad knows who Thanos is. <laughs> Uniting he's bad families about it he's pissed. Yeah. through hatred of Thanos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I I kind of, am in awe of about the MCU is that they can take Infinity War and make it digestible and understandable. And not just that, they can make it uh they can make it have emotional stakes for yeah. everybody who sees it, whether or not they read Infinity War. Yeah. Probably right. more so if you didn't read Infinity War. Absolutely. And it's still coming off of the heels of Ragnarok, it still has shades of being Thor funny. Like, it does. They changed it enough to make that fit. Absolutely. Make the voice fit. The, the, the tone is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what I like about this is we all agreed that Thor Ragnarok is the best. <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard there. That's, That's what, what I, what I heard. It. Yeah. Uh, the only person Good. who doesn't believe that is Barack Obama. And fuck <laughs> and you that know what? guy. He's done. He's <laughs> over. Jet, jetpack away, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Uh, so this, this uh, little job interview scene ends with uh, Hella basically saying, hey, Round up all of these rebels. Round up everybody who's hiding from me. And this yep. is where we get our first actual full-on Heimdall scene. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, By the way, I think it's worth noting, too, that the reason she wants everybody rounded up is because she's missing the sword that opens the Bifrost. But yes. ironically, she basically just defecates swords. She's yeah. just a blade. <laughs> just She just regurgitates Which, the axe that she gives him. Blades, every, it's amazing. And this is the one blade she can't this really is the uh, uh, This is the being buried under an apple tree for Hela. That's right, that's right. Surrounded by swords her entire yep. life. Yep. All she needs is a sword. It's irony. Heir, heirloom swords, heirloom swords. It's like the Alanis Morissette song. It is just just like it's it. Just like it. Um, so this scene, we see Heimdall actually helping out some people who are running from Hela. Um, and uh, this is where Hector Hector actually came in as I was rewatching this this morning. And Hector was like, "Yo, you seen this scene in three D?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hector's. I think he's sort of lording the three D over us a little yes, bit. Yes, I, I am. Please let me do yeah. that. Nobody cares about three D. Nobody talks about it. Please, please let me lord three D over you guys. Do it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> I still care about 3D, but I feel like I was left by the wayside. I feel like there was a beautiful golden promise and then no one cared except for me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I'm going to blame 
um, uh, ad- marketing and movie studios for not going all in on it and for not correctly advertising how cool 3D could be. They really yeah. let 2010 beat the shit out of them. 2010 had uh, Wrath of the Titans and The Last Airbender, two Ooh. 3D conversions that were done in about Ooh. 30 days apiece yeah. that that movie bloggers and nerds and reviewers and writers here in LA still talk about and they still use that to just blanket talk about all 3D, whether it's converted or negative yeah, that 3D. View ma- that quick job Viewmaster yeah. looking 3D. They yeah. still will reference The Last Airbender from eight years ago as if the technology has remained the same and the price- As if that's an emblem of any movie ever. Yeah. It's, like the worst, it's the worst movie. Don't use it for anything. Yeah. Exactly. So full disclosure, I, I worked in the 3D conversion industry- Chill! For, for, for Agenda. Chill! For four years. <laughs> and it was fascinating because I started in that- job Oh. <laughs> I I am a shill, and I'll tell you why. I started working because in this they pay job. you. We understand yeah. that three D money. Anchor. His they money's did. in three D. But then I got out of there because they're outsourcing jobs and they treat their workers awful. Uh, mm. But when I started working there, it was a few months before James Cameron's Avatar was released. Mm. So we were start we were working on this thing, and we were like, "What is this? Is this gonna? Are people gonna like this?" Avatar comes out, and everybody on Earth in that few months was talking about it, and they loved it, and they were like, "What a cool experience!" So we were like, "Oh, awesome! We're in the money." We're yeah. like, "We we did it! We're yeah. in the next wave of stuff." The problem was, like I said, 2010, a couple of studios rushed their jobs, and it hurt people's eyes, and you had well, shitty it was, art. It was movies they knew were going to underperform, correct? And so they went in. Uh, I remember with Wrath of the Titans hearing this specifically, where they were just like, "Look." We knew the movie was going to underperform. We needed to goose the numbers. Yep. A quick way to goose numbers is to that do 3D a bump. 3D conversion mm-hmm. and make that extra money at mm-hmm. the box office, especially if there aren't a lot of other 3D movies out at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of people who have already seen the big release that weekend that just want to see a 3D movie. Absolutely. And it did look like a fucking Viewmaster. Oh. <laughs> it did look, it looked like a shoebox fucking diorama. <laughs> It was, elementary school yeah. diorama. So bad, yeah, right. dude. It was so bad. But there are still movies that I go see when I see the trailer. I'm just like, that one is a 3D one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and saw Valerian, not just in 3D, but in the in the theater where it's 3D and the chair moves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all done that 4D? No. That D-box? <laughs> How is that D-box? Don't call it a D-box. It's that's a D-box. That's yeah. a brand Don't call name, it that, sir. Though. That is not, that's not good. That is very you good. Rebrand that. Uh, yo. Yo. D-Box is very good. <laughs> I would not- D-Box. I no. would not go see like a, a movie, movie that you very seriously care about with it. I went to see Valerian because I was like, look, I'm a fan of the Valerian comics. I'm a fan of Luke Besson. And mm-hmm. I know this is going to be weird and potentially bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want to fly through space with Valerian. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. shit, it was so good. Cool. <laughs> so good. You got to see these moving chair movies. They are so <laughs> good. But I feel like while while major things are still coming out in 3D, home releases in 3D are especially. Yeah, because here's what happened with that thing. Well, first of all, the movies are coming out in 3D and they're like, people were still burned on uh, those quick conversions. Uh, people who weren't super familiar with the process assumed that, like they they know how the process works. Something like Titanic or Jurassic Park was re-released and those conversions were overseen by Spielberg and James Cameron. They took nine months. They're yeah. beautiful pieces of work. Artists work their asses off on them. But people are like, oh, they converted them. They must have pooped them out. So it, it so it was the movie studios, I feel like, never properly advertised. Look, we're trying this thing. We're taking our time. It looks cool. 
And then the problem is you go see a 3D movie and a lot of the trailers were in 3D, but they should have had, because you can't market 3D unless you have a 3D TV yeah. or theater. You can't just show yeah. it on a TV commercial like, and this weekend, here's what the 3D looks like for Infinity War, so don't miss it. So you, so like they didn't take advantage of, in my opinion, they should have had trailers that are like, hey, here's a quick behind the scenes look into the process. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a comparison. Here's a, you know, here's a, here's a little snippet of, and especially for if you're sitting in the theater and it's maybe 2015 or 14 or whatever, and you're there to see a 3D movie. The movie studio should have put out trailers that were just like uh, like reels of, here's 3D movies on Blu-ray you can go home and buy. Yeah. Because you can't really test them out, you know, unless you walk in a Best Buy, but like, yeah. here's like all these movies, boom, 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 boom. I Check guess out the, these cool scenes. I guess the question with that was is like, and I guess this is probably why it didn't happen, is, is the big question would be, who foots the bill for that? Sure. Like do sure. the do the people who who patent the 3D technology do it? Do the people who are putting out the the, the Blu-rays do it? Do theater owners do it? Like All who three. pays for that behind the scenes look? Absolutely. And there's a there's a tiny little bit of 3D Blu-rays that I have where they actually have special features that go into like oh and here's how we converted this into 3D or here's how we shot this. But at in that 3D. point, I'm already in. I already bought exactly. the 3D. That's why I'm like, yeah, you had it's to, too late. It's too late. They should have put it in the theaters. They should have done a better job of convincing. Especially because here's my take on it: movies in 3D are better in at home than in the theater. Yeah. They're better at home because you you can, yeah. you know because it's more it's crisper it's cleaner. You're the audience yep. as opposed to oh I had I had the row in front of the 3D Hobbit you know in the seat in the very front of the theater to the far right because right. it was crowded so my 3D sucked because it's all a little wonky or whatever. So they should have advertised get this shit at home look how rad it can look, and because they didn't do that. And because, again, people were like, I don't know about this thing, and it's tough to advertise, I assume they didn't see enough sales on home market. So then at some point, there was a council meeting by the heads of Hollywood that Mm -hmm. decided, okay, this next thing is- The president of Hollywood. Yeah, the president, yeah, Orson Welles showed up. Stephen Hollywood. And and, and put aside that rich and famous contract and was like, we have to talk about Blu-rays. They're not- So they decided the next thing was 4K. And 4K is great. I'm sour on it because I feel like you took away my 3D 4K, like you've ousted it. Yeah. I even harangued, I'm the worst guys, I harangued a poor person at Disney because I did this press junket for Coco like a year ago. And I and I went to go talk to people that were doing Coco Blu-ray release stuff. And I talked to somebody at Disney. I was like, hey, real quick, um, is Coco going to come out in 3D? And she was like, you know, I, I don't know, 4K is the thing. And I was like, I'll, I'll have to order it from the, uh, I'll have to import it from the UK again. But I, and she was like, oh, it'd be so great if more people like you, Hector, were enthusiastic and talked about it. But it just seems like they all kind of decided yeah. 4K is the next thing. And it's true like, because it's home theater market people that talk to the movie studios that talk to, you know, the TV manufacturers that all get together and they're all like- Well, and consoles, because 4K yes. fits consoles where 3D really doesn't. Yes. So, so they yeah. were like, this is the next thing. It's going to be 4K. Although I got to say, like like Sony went hard in the paint on 3D because obviously they're one of the companies that's good to do it because they have the studios, they make the TVs, they mm-hmm. make the video games, they make everything. So they want a technology to take off because they own it top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And damn, there were a lot of PS3 games in 3D. Yeah. And holy shit, it made video games so good. <laughs> holy shit, a 3D video game is so good. But anyway, yeah. So now you have to uh, you have to order 
you get the 4K HDR, and I love HDR. Mm-hmm. You get the 4K HDR on the, in the States, but if you want 3D, you have to order from the European market. Yeah. Which is like crazy, because that means Europe is still all about that 3D. Yes, yeah, international markets still are. I think that's the only reason studios are still doing 3D is because they do, like China loves 3D. They'll watch anything in 3D. Like it's, it's, it's still huge overseas. And it's a bummer because Thor Ragnarok is unfortunately the first, because you mentioned Sony. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man Homecoming being Sony and Marvel, that did come out in 3D Blu-ray in the States. So the first MCU movie that's, that they that they didn't was Thor Ragnarok. Had to import it. I wow. imported Black Panther, oh. Infinity War. I got to wait until December to get Ant-Man and the Wasp because that's not Just even Just wait until Brexit. Brexit's going to screw this all Brexit, up. Brexit, you're only going to be able to get Ant-Man and half a Wasp. You're right. Half a Wasp. That's you're absolutely it. right. It's going to screw yeah. everything up economically. I'm so sad. Damn I it. love I love 3D, guys. 3D so is cool. so good. 3D you, is so good. You haven't seen Thor yet. I haven't Anthony? seen Thor in 3D. You're borrowing the first it. Time, first time I saw Thor was on a fucking cruise ship, you guys. In one <laughs> what? Of those, yeah, like on one of those Disney cruise ships. Because I was late to the game with Thor. We talked about this. Yeah. Uh, after Dark World, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll catch <gasps> Thor. Yeah, yeah. I'll catch Thor when it comes out at home. <sighs> I done seen yeah. me some Thor. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Dark World is not one of the MCU movies where you're like, but it could also be the best movie. Yeah, Dark World is one <laughs> no, of those ones. Not. Uh, it dark. When people talk about Thor: The Dark World, they say, "Well, it's no Iron Man two. <laughs> Yee. Um, <laughs> it's a movie. It happened." <laughs> so, um, I saw it on a cruise ship because we were working a Disney cruise for the Star Wars show. Yeah, and they they have like one of those little movie theaters where you go in and you watch a movie every night. So the first time I saw Thor Ragnarok was in this like cruise movie theater where it's like small and it's like a little a little blurry. Cool. Like it's not terrible. But it's because, you know, it's a it's a Disney cruise, so they want their movies to look good. But as good as they can look also on a boat in the ocean. <laughs> right. Uh, and after that I saw it, I was like, why the one, yeah. fuck did I sleep on Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> what an asshole I am. Also, I'm going to vomit because I'm three days in and I am not getting used to this. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is only about Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Only about this is Thor Only Ragnarok. about Thor Ragnarok no, and nothing scene, else. That scene where Heimdall takes his big sword and like slices through the image of Thor and into one of Hela's minions and it like brusts open. That's a cool little moment in 3D. But my favorite stuff in 3D for the whole movie might be the opening with Surtur because that hammer shot that Mjolnir comes out to the screen and you follow it like, that's crazy. I want to see that gooey dragon's head like skid to a stop. I want to be, I want to be covered in dragon blood. (laughs) That's what I want. You will be in the goo. And there's so many shots that have so much depth. 3D. You will be in the goo. (laughs) Yep. 4D. 5D. 5D. Forget D-Box. 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 Dragon D-Box. Welcome to Goo Box. Welcome to D-Box 2. Welcome to Goo Box. See, now it's still- Goo Box is great, but it's like 1875 a ticket. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, Goo Box is like once a month, it's an experience. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole room full of people. The family's all in town. You can't agree on a movie. Goo Box. Whatever's showing on Goo Box. I don't know if Fate of the Furious is going to have enough goo, though. I don't know if it'll be worth it. It's that they just smog into your face (laughs) is what they did. They drop yeah. an actual airplane on the audience. <laughs> uh, we now cut back to Sakar in Hulk's yeah. lavish apartment. And by the way, we say this every episode, uh, but I think this might really be the best introduction of a character, which is <laughs> this is it: Hulk's butt, <laughs> Hulk's naked ass. Hulk's ass best, is definitely a character. The best introduction. It's its own character. It's like the hammer. Hulk's ass. Here's character. what I love about Hulk's ass. 30 people had to texture Hulk's ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's yep. that's what I think about. I think about the fact that like some dude was like looking at the texturing 
and like the scat like the subsurface scattering on Hulk's ass. And it's like, <laughs> is this an ass? Does this yeah. look ass enough yet? Yeah. Is and is it Hulk ass? That's yeah. the Not question. Simply, and you know, isn't a banner. We ass. don't want it to be photorealistic. Mm-hmm. We want it to be a heightened realism <laughs> for yeah. this ass. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like Ruffalo Hulk is kind of covered in hair, like a like I assume Ruffalo it like Ruffalo is. Yeah. On his chest, on his forearms and stuff. So it's like you know there were meetings that were that were had where they're like, okay, do we put we've got to put some fuzz on there, but not too much. We don't want you know we want yeah. it to still be yeah. kind of PG thirteen appropriate, but still realistic. It's hilarious. My question it's is, like you a know, more Mediterranean yeah, Hulk. Yeah, that's right. With, you know, with the with the, the <laughs> He's CG got a pelt. with the CG model of the Hulk. Uh, the question is, you know, they have a full model naked and clothed or whatever different versions of Hulk. Yeah. Do they, is he Ken doll or did somebody model a penis on there, but then we'll just never see oh, it. Oh man, we need to know. We, we need, need to, to know. know. How do we find out? I'm going to go through, I'm going through the credits to find out who the visual effects supervisor is. Yeah. I know they work upstairs from me. <laughs> I'm going to go and I'm going to be like, we need to know where that Hulk dong. Yeah. What yeah. that Hulk did is what this I'm is say. investigative journalism. This is our job. Yeah. This is this is what we do. If this is why we're here. This is what we do. If there's a credit that says like, um, like Hulk penis supervisor. Then there's your answer. Then there right. is yep. one. We just never saw it's it. On Phil Tippett. Yeah, Phil the dinosaur Phil super. Tippett. <laughs> one job. Tippett. Get it. One job. Tip Phil. His, his oh, job was to Phil. ensure the camera angles would never catch the tip. Um, yeah. So we get this. So we do get naked Hulk rising from his own private hot tub, mm-hmm. which right. I love, uh, and. Uh, Thor asks, how long have you been like this? Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh, God, we are seeing a talking Hulk. Yeah, chatty Hulk. Chatty Hulk, which if you're, uh, like we talked about last week when we were talking about Planet Hulk, if you're a fan of the comic, chatty Hulk is a thing. You're, yeah, you get chatty Hulk. Yeah. Chatty Hulk, not a thing in the MCU thus far. Yeah. Um, this is really, not only do they make the Hulk look more like Ruffalo, mm-hmm. they actually let Ruffalo play the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Uh, because he plays the Hulk like just such an angry, petulant teenage child. Mm-hmm. He does. It's perfect. It's really, really perfect. I remember hearing, I think it may have been Kevin Feige or somebody talking about how at this point, because he had been Hulk for two years, he's technically in his terrible twos. Like he has this sort of toddler mentality, uh, which is hilarious, which makes me wonder like, if they keep this thing going, if they have, you know, Ruffalo on contract or whatever, will we get a six-year-old Hulk, will we get a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old Hulk, a Hulk going through puberty? Like a Hulk, you know, if yeah. the thing keeps right. well, going. You, the question is like with Planet Hulk, I mean, you do see a more stoic, theoretically, quote unquote, adult version of Hulk. Yeah. He's like, I mean, he's a leader. He becomes a leader of a whole thing. Uh, and we don't see that yet here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's perfect for this movie, but I do wonder if we'll eventually see that kind of Hulk. God, I God, I just want like yeah, right? phase six to just be nothing but World oh, War Hulk. Yeah. Just yeah. World War fucking Hulk, man. My my And then and then Pet Avengers, don't and then Pet, Pet Avengers. Avengers. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Lockjaw. Yep. I mean, yeah, bring that from right. the Inhuman show and bring just it. put it put it on Pet Avengers. My my biggest Hulk dream, number one, is She Hulk. Yep. Number two is yeah. yes, is, yes, and I feel like I could get all my my dreams answered and fulfilled if they do a if they work out a deal with Universal and do a, a Ruffalo movie. I want it to be the Indestructible Hulk, which w- it would be based Ooh. off of that amazing Mark Wade yeah. uh, series where he becomes an agent of Shield and he has that. Uh, I don't know if he has quite that intelligence of like the Professor Hulk, but he is. You know, Banner is using Shield to fund his his ideas to try to help the world while using Hulk as a bullet fired out of a gun, 
when Shield needs a problem solved, that's the deal that they set up is they'll use Banner and be like, okay, we'll pay, 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 except we need the Hulk to take out this problem. And he's like, no problem, I'll do it. I have some measure of control. And then he is a bullet fired out of a gun. And I I want that because I feel like it would be the 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 best solve for the problem of like, Hulk is a monster movie where the character doesn't want to turn into the monster, but the audience needs to see the monster. Yeah. That's such a tough movie to do where he's the central character. So give him more of that super heroic, you know, uh, uh, like role. And especially coming off of Ragnarok to and Infinity War where he's fighting the Hulk constantly. And I think with Ruffalo, yeah. we finally have a banner <clears throat> that we like enough. Yes. You know, such a likable, banner. which is like, yeah. which is like no shade to Eric Bana, no shade to Ed Norton. Sure. But like, those were definitely movies where it's like, Make him the Hulk. Yeah. Do right. the Hulk now. And Do the thing where he does the smash. No shade to the to the previous Ruffalo movies where he's like really down on himself or then then engaged in a relationship with with uh, uh, Natasha. And that mm-hmm. stuff's great too. But to have the fun banner where, you know, we see him later where he's like, I'm on a planet that's designed to stress me out. Like, yeah. that's so fun. And him with Valkyrie and- it's 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 such a really likable banner. Yeah, yeah, and we see we see a lot more of this likable Hulk in this like this first argument they have. A couple lines that I really love is like number one where where Thor is like clearly trying to deal with a child for the first time. Yeah, like Thor's Thor's the party Thor's the party prince, right? Like he is yeah. not. He's not a parent. Down. He's not a yeah, yeah. No, this is not good for. Th- he's Thor, not. Yeah. He's not like. Well, I gotta think about a son and heir for Asgard. No, he's party prince. He's drinking unlimited yeah. beers at a wizard's house, <laughs> and he's never dealt with a child before. And he's like, no, 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 come to Asgard. You're gonna love Asgard. Asgard's it's great. golden. Yeah. It's golden. It's shiny. Yeah. It's shiny. <laughs> he's like. No, like you're my friend and you're going to come with me and help me. He's like, you're Banner's friend. That's <laughs> yeah. my favorite fucking thing in this yeah. scene. Uh, you're Banner's friend. Like Banner. yeah. He's like, oh. no, no, no. I, li- I like you. <laughs> like For you. It really feels like talking. My friend right now has their kid who's two years old. Mm-hmm. And it really yeah. is like talking to this kid where it's like, no, I know you're tricking me. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny you mentioned the the like the Thor being a dad thing because I made this realization watching Ragnarok last night. Uh, my roommate came in. My buddy's a huge Taika fan. He loves Hunt for the Wilder People, mm-hmm. and I pitched him. Oh, so good, so good. And and my buddy's like, he's like, so the Asgardians are like done, right? What are they gonna do? I'm like, well, <laughs> let me put on my comic book hat. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite Thor runs is J. Michael Straczynski brings Thor back from the dead, but Thor also at that time basically inherits inherits the Odin power and resurrects all the Asgardians. I want that to be Thor 4. Mm-hmm. After Thor the Dark World, I was like, I think we're good. But after Ragnarok, I'm like, bring Taika back. More, yeah. More, and here's my pitch, right? It's, it's, it's after the events of Infinity War, uh, Thor now fully embracing the Odin power because watching the movie, my, my buddy was asking me, he goes, how come Thor never did this, that those great electrical stuff, you know, moments in the other Thor movies? I'm like, well, because Odin was alive. Mm-hmm. My theory is he is tapping into the Odin force right now. I mean, he literally sees Odin in his dreams or in his mind. Yeah, at, right before the power. Right before hits, the yeah. power. So I'm like, that's the Odin force and he loses an eye and he's going to become Odin and eventually, yeah. you know, King Thor way, way later. But I want him to bring back the Asgardians. I want him to build Asgard above Norway instead of Oklahoma, but Norway, the way yeah. Anthony Hopkins said, this could be our home. This place is beautiful. Remember that. And then he turns into dust. Yeah. <laughs> and I want him to 
He turned into foreshadowing dust yeah, and disappeared. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I want him, which is a great 3D moment as well when <laughs> yeah. it does. Oh, there's nothing like some yeah. good 3D yeah. foreshadowing. Oh, it's great. So good. Have you ever seen some real three-dimensional foreshadowing? <laughs> it's the best. But my pitch is have Taika do basically Thor for the Wilder People where when he brings all the Asgardians back, he brings back Loki, not in the body of Tom Hiddleston, but purposely kid Loki brings a 13 year old kid and and my roommate because he's such a, a Taika fan got so excited he goes oh you know Taika would get some little shit some great British kid actor <laughs> that would just be the yeah. best little Loki and then it would be Thor trying to be a dad yeah to, you know and the whole village of Asgard trying to raise this one kid and make him good instead of evil and that would be so fun I love that I love that Thor 4. You're hired. Thor you're hired. Four. You're Thank writing. You. You're now you're writing hired. six episodes of the Loki series <laughs> oh, for yes. Disney Plus. Yeah. Give it to me. We can make it happen. We can. We're, we're powerful. We're people. powerful. But look, we got Barack Obama look, on our podcast. True. We know right? a lot of people. Um, yeah. uh, one of the things that I do love about this is, as dumb as as Hulk is, he does still like everyone gets one over on Thor. Man, <laughs> everyone <laughs> gets one over <laughs> on Thor. Everyone. Everyone. No, the thing about Thor again. is Mjolnir. <laughs> yeah, the best thing about Thor is that the hammer Mjolnir is basically Thor. Yeah, he's basically just a hammer. He's, just, he's a just, dumb, true, serious hammer. Yeah. Uh, I also like that we see that um, even though Valkyrie captured Hulk initially to bring him in and mm-hmm. make him the champion, mm-hmm. they're buds. They're friends. Mm-hmm. They're buddies. Hulk yeah. loves his life. Hulk loves his friend, the Valkyrie, who made him the champion. Hey, big guy. Hey, big girl. Yep. And when they spar, she actually takes him down again. Like yeah. just even that, in that like little half second moment where like tap, tap, and then he's down. Which is a great way to answer some cynical audience member that was like, wait, how did Tessa Thompson take down Hulk? It's yeah. like, here you go. She it is. It. It's, a, it's a tiny bit of world building, yeah. but really a vital piece. They've been very good about that uh, along the way with Valkyrie. We've mentioned a couple times, like they made sure she didn't just shoot everybody with a gun the first time. She had to take a guy right. out. They really are yeah. making sure that they're showing, mm-hmm. no, no, no. She really might be the most powerful character mm-hmm. in the Marvel right. universe yeah, especially right now. coming out of Asgard, for sure. Um, so uh, we have him trying to use his power, or, or we have him trying to use his, his new powers or his, uh, his new connection to mm-hmm. Asgard and to what he is to try to get a hold of our boy Heimdall. Yeah. Who yep. can still, is still Heimdall the all-seeing, even though he's not standing guard over the Bifrost. Yeah. And by the way, can we just also, you mentioned earlier, Hector, that, uh, you know, we have Kate Blanchett, who is beautiful Amazing. and astonishing. And we have uh, pretty much, we have just a ton of Hemsworths in here, at least two, possibly four, <laughs> seven. I don't know how many Hemsworths I are think, in this thing. Look, Matt Damon what, is the exter- what the exterminator yeah. says is if you see three Hemsworths, you actually <laughs> you have a hundred Hemsworths in the yeah, walls. All the Hemsworths true. are bleeding <laughs> in the walls. But then you also have, you have Idris Elba. This is a, uh, this is a sexy This movie. is a beautiful this film. Just say that? This is a beautiful Sexiest man alive, Sexiest Idris man Elba. Alive. Come on, most underused man in the Marvel universe. Yes, yep, yes, definitely. Uh, I just, I love that we are getting, we're getting cool fucking hero Heimdall scenes here, mm-hmm. only right. to Finally. just have Heimdall taken from us. I know it's no, no. He's fine. I'm sure he's fine. everyone's fine. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's fine. fine. Loki's fine. Heimdall's Loki's fine. Good. Everyone's Heimdall's fine. fine. Look, oh, Thor's going to bring him back. I said, just read the J. Microsoft Thor. Right? <laughs> he brings him. He taps into the Odin Force. He resurrects him and give Heimdall, give Idris Elba his own uh, TV show. Where's or, Odin Force oh, rank right. in comparison to say Speed Force uh, and mm-hmm. then regular Star Wars Force? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the force. The force. Or the, the power cosmic, if we can throw that in there. Or you want to oh, just yeah. no the word force. force in there. Got it. That's You're a different right. thing. That's no. a power. Different. I would say, yeah. I would say uh, speed force may be the top. Uh huh. Because speed force the is speed, an answer. The speed to- force gets weird, too. Yes. It gets yeah. weird. It's time travel. Yeah. It gets weird. Speed force um, is an answer to any problem you may have. Yes. Yeah. Speed I, force is a great trick to have in your pocket as a mm-hmm. fucking flash rider, I'd yeah. imagine. Then I'll say, <laughs> then I'll say Odin force because it's always, it just, it's just piping through one guy mm-hmm. as opposed sure. to the force, which, as we know, like, Many many individuals can tap into, and it exists and flows through all of us. Yeah, in the universe. And that Odin, I've heard that. I've heard that. Odin not lifting a lot of giant rocks with his right. mind, but probably could. No. Mm-hmm. Asgard and then there's Korg, who float. is giant rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there, I mean, you, there you have it. The um, Odin Force, as okay. far as we know, the Odin Force was a thing keeping Kate Blanchett wherever she was. So that's a powerful right. force. Odin oh, Force was powerful. also a weird early 90s Thor cartoon where they were crime fighters in flying cars. <laughs> and they sure. and when you bought the action figure, the cars all shot hammers. I don't know if you yeah. remember that. Odin <laughs> Force. It's real. Odin Force. Yeah, PD. Odin Force PD. <laughs> Odin Force PD. Mm-hmm. Season two, they tried to like. I feel like there's an image comic out right now that is actually Odin be. Force <laughs> PD. Odin Force PD. Yeah. No, I think there is, but it's done is well. Good. But I think there is one. Yeah, I'm trying like to remember what it is. Way better written than it deserves to be. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. There's oh, definitely there's definitely a, 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 a image comic that's like that right now. I want to say the gods are all in helmets. If you know what I'm talking okay. about, hit me up because okay. I read a couple issues yeah. of it and it was good. Um, this is some real. Lord of the Rings shit, folks. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. This is some real uh hey, we just we just Jack Kirby'd you for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's show you some of what Asgard actually looks like and is, and we have not forgotten that. Do you guys ever uh, are you guys ever uh did you ever feel slighted that we never got full on good Lord of the Rings style Thor stuff because that's kind of what Thor, that's what the promise of Thor is, right? That's what Thor's supposed to bring to the Marvel Universe, either comics or movies is like, you've got Iron Man, tech stuff, you got Captain America, superhero, soldier stuff, you got the X-Men, you know, uh, um, uh, allegory for racism, you got mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Thor is supposed to be Lord of the Rings, right? And like Dark World. Also kind of Shakespeare though. Like that's yeah. true. Weird that's true. Thing uh, about Thor. Did you ever feel slighted that we never got full on, full bore? I- I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I know that sounds strange, but like, this is like Thor Ragnarok is like why I don't care. Yes. Cause like I'm now, I get why we don't need Thor that. Is, this is Thor is a painting on the side of a weird guy's van. And that's all yep. I want. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I want now. <laughs> like that's like, I do understand what you're saying. Like we've, and, and we've yeah. talked about the, um, the unfortunate director. I feel like director swapping, uh, between the original Thor and dark world mm. where I feel like, why would you bring on Brana to tell the initial rom-com on Earth side of the story As and then Patty to, Jenkins yeah. to yeah. tell the Shakespearean side of the story yeah. when like literally all Brana does is Shakespeare all the time? True. True. All, it turns out he is Shakespeare. It turns That's out he is. he is. He is the Shakespeare. People keep thinking it's Shakespeare, but it's the nope, Shakespeare it's the, and he is reborn. Shakespeare. It's a good point. Yep. Like the Slayer or a Highlander situation. Yeah, I, I feel like yep. Thor, when the first movie came out, 2011, we were still in this like, oh my God, the Lord of the Rings movies changed the game. Everybody loves that genre. But since Ragnarok came out, I feel yep. though, I feel as though, especially after Dark World, that people at Marvel Studios were like, look, we kind of missed that trend. 
that's not what's happening right now. And they sort of foresaw the next trend is like 80s nostalgia stuff. Mm-hmm. The next trend is let's us do a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe movie before that movie comes out. So that really they can't even do that now because yeah. if they do, it's just going to be, they can't do Flash. Oh, that is cold. Yeah, you know, they that's right. So yeah, they're cold. also kind of coalescing all of their all of their franchises into an aesthetic, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And and one of the things that they're doing is um, Earth is Earth is regular and we've got technology mm-hmm. and space is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Weird. So weird. Space is so fucking weird, my yeah. dudes. Like, no, if you go nowhere, out the space, skull. Yeah, you're gonna be on a skull. They got you're gonna you're gonna be on a skull. Mm-hmm. They got bars with pink with pink robots mm-hmm. running around. Yep. There's, You've got a duck in a cage. Sylvester Stallone is there sometimes. Yeah, yeah. space yeah. is fucking weird, Kurt my Russell dude. Space is weird. It's a little bit of acid. There's a little bit of psilocybin kind of. Yeah, I feel like they, <laughs> black velvet, black light kind of. And stuff. so I feel yeah. like they've decided because of because of how Guardians came out of nowhere and surprised everyone. Mm-hmm. They were just like, great. This is what space is, and yes. this is how we explain all the weird shit that goes on in Marvel in space. Thank God. Well, it also separates it from Star Wars. Like, Star Wars has that sort of grungy, rusty, yes. everything's falling apart vibe, and this is, like, not that. Or, it's definitely, like, it neon also, painting weird. Absolutely, and it also separates it from Star Trek, which is sleek, yeah. you know, utopian future. Everything looks like an Apple store, very, mm-hmm. very sleek stuff. So I think it's a really good aesthetic for them to tap into the colorful— because then we got to Kirby. Then we're yeah. able to do full-on Jack Kirby— yeah. In Thor Ragnarok, and and that could not have happened without Guardians, and it could not have happened without Marvel specifically going. Space isn't just more advanced, you know, and and smooth and shiny out there. It is colorful. No, it's weird. weird it's and fucking grungy. weird, it's man. They got weird. they got stones that control shit. It's yeah. weird. Uh, but this is a nice breather for me. Like seeing this kind of like I didn't realize. I think the first time I watched the film, but having this kind of like. <gasps> Like my eyes are calm. Like my caffeinated brain is calm for a minute because mm-hmm. I'm getting yeah. this little bit of a breather from like the space roller rink that is Sakaar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know? it's true. Yeah. And with Heimdall to look at. And with at. Heimdall with to look at. Eyes. His, with his beautiful, beautiful orange eyes. eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he would have been a great gunslinger if they had given him the fucking movie oh, he deserved. Oh, God, the, the movie. What happened? What the fuck that happened movie? to that movie? What, fuck? what kind of 90s sci-fi it. channel pilot for uh, a series was that fucking movie? Oh, uh, it was like it. 10 minutes long. It was terrible. Uh, I'm sorry. What guys. the there shit? Was, did you do it? Was it I you? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Uh, no. I'm yeah, sorry. But you're, you're gone. <laughs> My bad. You're, you're out of here. Um, There was, the what I compare it to is in the 90s, there was like, a network that was not a network that had sci-fi stuff that was like on that was on like primetime. I think it was just called like the primetime something network. But it had sure. shows like Time Tracks, if mm. you remember Time Tracks. Oh. And like it was weird low budget sci-fi that came on yeah. at weird times. They were basically buying blocks of local stations uh, that were basically only being used for infomercials after 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yep. well, we'll just pay the price that you would that you would charge us to run an ad for a fucking Floby. Mm-hmm. And instead, we'll make a show about this time-traveling cop who's stuck in sure. the past yeah. for the same like amount Doctor of money. Doctor Who, but weird, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll sure. sell our own advertising on that. Um, very bad. Yeah. Very yeah. bad. There were a few of those shows that I was, because I was 10, I was just like hooked on. But 
the gunslinger movie, the Dark Tower movie, is just, <laughs> it's just like it's that. It's one of those fucking shows. Oh, that's such a bummer. Oh, it's so fucking bad. It's so bad. It's I, so it's, bad. Who did this? It's a real bummer. Who did it? I, Why do we I just read The Shining for the first time? And I'm getting into Stephen King and I and I was and I'm happy that this wasn't the case, but I'm also kind of bummed that like movie and TV people in the 70s and 80s weren't thinking shared universe mm-hmm. because they could have, yeah. you know, started to plant seeds to like roughly, as far as I know, because I only read the first Dark Tower book, connect all of the various oh, multi. They do connect. They yeah, do it connect. To it. And I'm like, they connect. Yeah, absolutely. I think someday they're going to, I've heard that Castle Rock is basically that. Ca- Castle Rock starts to do yeah. that. Yeah, a little bit. Just in a weird sort of single lens. Yeah, way. and in a way where they like, they have to keep it, they have to keep it tonally Castle Rock and they have to be sure yes. that they're not sort of the same way Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the other Marvel series have. Like, you got to be sure you're not stepping on any Stephen mm-hmm. King things mm-hmm. that are in mm-hmm. the works right now. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Yeah, have, it's definitely its own fragmented universe. Yeah, yeah. but the Dark Tower would have been uh, would have been a great dude. way to kind of start tying yeah. that stuff together. But it's we a, didn't get it. I know it's a no, and, and also it was so bad it sort of fucked up the TV show they were yeah, into. Yeah, that sucks. They were. It was. It was like a black hole of content. Yeah, Listen, guys, I've been there, guys. I'm I'm a comic book guy. I bet like every, for every you know Iron Man, we had like four Green Lanterns that were these start stops. Oh, that yeah. were these like this is it. Oh nope, no, that's not no. Nope. So Green Lantern. And who? But let's remember who was in the Green Lantern movie. Taika. Taika, he was. He was, he was in it. He was. He's in the Green Lantern movie. He was the wacky what? sidekick friend. Let's, let's not forget. He was forget. the wacky sidekick buddy. That's how you get good superhero movies. You have to have an actor play a wacky sidekick friend, mm-hmm. like in nope. 2003's Daredevil, and then they go and direct their own, and it's awesome. That's what it is. Thanks, That's Johnny That's what Fan. it is. There it is. Uh, there it is. After this, we go back. So this is where, uh, this is where Heimdall basically tells Thor what's up and mm-hmm. basically yep. puts our act two timer on Thor's goal. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> this is where we get the stakes. Oh, um, I love a flustered Thor. I yeah. Do, he's, oh. Isn't it great? It's Well, they tried so hard to, sh- to not never show us a flustered Thor for so long. Right. That now we yeah. have basically, do you know what this Thor movie kind of is now that I'm thinking about it? It's kind of like when they put Cary Grant in Bringing Up Baby. <laughs> <laughs> the dignity of a man thrown into this <laughs> absurd Yeah, situation. just a man that we see as this yeah. perfect, shining, calm beacon of yeah. like, I'm just cool. And then they're just like, how about hijinks? Comedy of errors. Yeah. yeah, how about hijinks and a cat? Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is where we get like the worst heart-to-heart talk in the history of ever. <laughs> worst. Just worst. two characters who just cannot access any emotions. No. <laughs> Two baby two men. Two baby men trying to make yeah. friends with each other and explain that they're hurting and sad. Mm-hmm. Yep. And goddamn, it's funny. I love that, it's it, the best. That, Thor, that Hulk actually walks over after he says Thor's sad and Thor says shut up. He pushes him over and mm-hmm. says Thor's yep. sad again. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. That's a good bro. That's a good bro moment. That's, uh, a, that's Hulk being a bro. He's yeah. trying to reach out in any way yeah. that he knows how. He's just like turkey tapping him. Uh-huh. Just being like, come on, dude. Come on, man. You hate, yep. you're- you're messed up. She broke up with you. <laughs> I know. And then Thor kicks shit and he's like, don't kick that. Don't, don't stop. Don't, don't stop. You stop. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It is so good. And the two of them reconciling, yeah. I don't even, like when you watch this conversation, you don't even know how they reconciled. It just. No, they just do. They just mm-hmm. do. They both manage to say they're sad and yeah. that they want to be friends. And that's it. And here's the thing. I, I honestly consider this to be a, a surprisingly earnest, authentic way that just dipshit guys sometimes talk. Yeah. It's just sometimes how you fight and then you're just like, oh, I, we're just fine now. And I don't know why we're fine. 
other than we purged whatever dumb stuff was going yeah, on. We had to so scream true. and kick and throw and yell at yeah. each yeah. other. Yep. Yeah. Ba- baby men feel better. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. I think you nailed it, Chuck. I think the moment where Thor says a mean thing, he's like, Earth hates you and says something. And yeah. then he like- Oh, the stupid Avenger. The, yeah, stupid Avenger. Stupid Avenger. And then he- Tiny he Avenger. He like catches himself. And that's what I yeah. think causes Hulk to kind of like also restrain himself. And Hulk has that great yeah. little Ruffalo baby fit moment where he just goes <laughs> and just moves his arms and then goes and sits <laughs> on the bed. And that's such a beautiful yeah. Hulk moment where you're like, Hulk actually is maturing and learning. Because if this was 2008, if this was Edward Norton, Incredible Hulk, he would have ripped through that wall. He would, you know, but yeah. he goes and sits yes. on his bed. Yes. And then Thor shows over, goes over and he's like, tries, he like, again, like a bro, like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean that when I, nobody calls you stupid Avenger. Like just yeah. the most pathetic apology, but it is like Chuck said, so earnest. It's so great. Uh, I also, I just love the, uh, even though they're apologizing and they're, and they're coming together as friends and forgiving each other, there's still that like, one-upsmanship of the like the, the no compa- i'm kind of yeah. like kind of like fire and you're kind of like water it's like well we're both like fire mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm real fire i'm like a real yeah. you have to wonder how much of that i want to know how much of that was improv i know for a oh, fact god that uh ruffalo did improvise no but Hulk, like raging fire and thor like smoldering fire that made hemsworth <laughs> laugh because he, he goes well and that's all left in the movie and yeah. that was a great nice. improv Nice. Yeah. I love it. That's some of my favorite stuff and some of the most natural reactions you get in a movie like this come from when somebody improvises something and mm-hmm. the other actor is just like, I cannot break. Mm-hmm. Whatever I have to do right now to stop myself from breaking, so good. I have to do. And it, like yep. nine times out of 10, it comes off like very, very natural. Mm-hmm. Because there's energy that they're dealing with energy between each and other. And I think there's, a, there's also a thing where like the most direct thing to do uh, in a scene when when somebody is like insulting you or says something that's like an affront to your character is for that character to get angry or sad or pull back into themselves. But in real life, people do just try to laugh things off and pretend they didn't hear it yeah. so yeah. much when things get emotional yeah. Yeah. that it makes those improvised reactions feel like the most realistic thing in the moment. Very true. Um, and here we have another perfect 10-minute break point. Boom. Just like that. Snap. Is it ever going to end, I Chuck? Is it, are they ever going to get sloppy with this? No, I don't think so, man. This is elegant stuff. Oof. It's a master class. And not like master one of those master classes that you pay for and then they've got to remove one of the guys from the website because <laughs> whoops. No. Whoops. This is like a more like a <laughs> classic master class. about Hans Zimmer, yeah. right? Get him out of here. Get Hans Zimmer. I'm so tired. Hashtag time's up, Hans Zimmer. <laughs> oh, snap. It's over. Hans Zimmer. All the blobs are done. Yeah. No more blobs. Yeah, you under- we all know that Zimmer means time. time. <laughs> oh. uh, Hector. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, I'm such, thank I'm you, such Hector. big fans of both of you. This is a, this is a real uh, pleasure to be asked by you to come onto this podcast. I was so excited to get to come and talk about Thor Ragnarok. Oh, well, it's thanks, so great. Man. So I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we we love everything you do too. I let's let's go through the yeah. the roll call here. Uh I uh, you can see me I think daily on the show DC Daily that which makes is sense. on YouTube's. Um you can also watch uh, Alpha Comic Book Club and Alpha Book Club on alpha projectalpha.com. Um you can also check out Hyper Heroes on on Hyper RPG that's on YouTube and on Twitch uh live on YouTube uh Thursdays it's not on Twitch sorry it's just on YouTube live on Thursdays at 9:30 p.m. Pacific on YouTube and I have to talk about this if you like podcasts please check out if you are so inclined my buddy who I mentioned earlier my roommate my buddy Keller 
we are doing a movie podcast where we watch a movie a week. We are going off of a list of the 500 greatest movies of all time. So it's going to take us 10 years. And the list is also from the year 2008. So there's nothing newer (laughs) than that. The, the, The newest movie on there is The Dark Knight. Wow. Yeah. So chances are wow. you're up to speed. Yeah. <laughs> you can jump right into this podcast. Yes. Uh, actually, we have only been going for close to a year. So okay. this is our first year, 2018. We've got nine more to go. So that's the perfect time to jump on, get the first 50 under your belt, and then you'll be ready to uh, to be there with us in 2019 when the first movie we watch will be uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong. And what is that podcast <laughs> called? It's called the 500 Greatest Films Podcast. And you can find it on like Twitter at, at 500 GF podcast it sounds like girlfriend but it's greatest oh, girlfriend films. podcast 500 girlfriend podcast. girlfriend podcast uh come and check it's that just out. john cusack whining about 500 different breakups <laughs> it's very dated it was it felt fresh <laughs> at the time but it's very dated Look back now. on it you're like buddy you uh, gotta <laughs> come on and of course we uh you can talk to us on twitter twitter's a horrible place but we're there cesspool it's a garbage, garbage fire, fire. Mm-hmm. i'm at That's a carboni it. I'm at Chuck Wending. I'm at Hector is funny. Uh, And of course, you can also email us at grandmaster at ragnatalk.com. Some uh, like Elio Dare did. Elio Dare emailed us. Uh, Unfortunately, she emailed us about episode two. So Ellie. God damn it. God damn it, Ellie. (laughs) No. No, Ellie. You did bad and wrong. But anybody else can email us about Uh, anything else they want. Yeah. (laughs) 